This is a recording of Shazer, an etymological proposal in narrative context, by Matthew L. Bowen, published in Interpreter, a Journal of Latter-day Saint Faith and Scholarship, read by Victor Worth. Abstract. In 1 Nephi 16, 13-14, Nephi mentions the name Shazer as a toponym the Lehite clan bestowed on a site in western Arabia, four days' journey south-southeast of the Valley of Laman. The Lehites used this site as a base camp for a major hunting expedition. A footnote to the first mention of the name Shazer in the 1981 and 2013 Latter-day Saint editions of the Book of Mormon has virtually enshrined, quote, twisting, intertwining, as the presumed meaning of this toponym. However, the structure of Nephi's text in 1 Nephi 16, 12-13 suggests that the name Shazer serves as the bracketing for a chiastic description of the Lehite's hunting expedition from the site. This chiasm recommends hunting as a possible starting point for seeking a more precise etymology for Shazer, one related to food supply. Consequently, I briefly argue for Shazer as a Semitic word, possibly also a loan word from an old Arabic dialect, and a close cognate with both Hismaic Shatsar, young gazelle, plural Shatsar, and Arabic Shatsara, a type of gazelle. The name Shazer represents one of only a handful of toponyms, place names, Nephi mentions in his small plates account of his family's journey through the Arabian wilderness. Lehi reports that after the family finally broke camp and left the Valley of Lemuel, quote, we did take our tents and departed into the wilderness across the river Laman, and it came to pass that we traveled for the space of four days nearly a south-southeast direction, and we did pitch our tents again. First Nephi 16, 12-13. At this point, Nephi notes that the Lehite clan gave the site of their camp the name Shazer. A. And we did call the name of the place Shazer. B. And it came to pass that we did take our bows and our arrows and go forth into the wilderness. C. To slay food for our families. C. Prime. And after that we had slain food for our families. B. Prime. We did return again to our families in the wilderness. A. Prime. To the place of Shazer. 1 Nephi 16, 13-14. Lehi's family undoubtedly relied on hunting for food, including the hunting of gazelles, during the early stages of their journey, though he does not mention such until 1 Nephi 16, 13-14. In that passage, Nephi explicitly describes Shazer as a base camp for a major hunting expedition, undertaken, presumably, by the adult men in the clan. Nephi frames his description of this wilderness hunting expedition using the name Shazer, which he mentions twice. Although Nephi does not give an explicit ideological explanation for their naming of Shazer, quote, and we did call the name of the place Shazer, verse 13, the chiastic structure of Nephi's mention of Shazer suggests that its naming may be connected with the party's hunting activities around that location. Once this major hunting expedition was complete, Nephi states that the Lehite clan, quote, did go forth again in the wilderness following the same direction, i.e. south-southeast, keeping in the most fertile parts of the wilderness which was in the borders near the Red Sea, 1 Nephi 16.14. He further mentions that they, quote, did travel for the space of many days, slaying food by the way with our bows and our arrows and our stones and our slings, 
1 Nephi 16.15. However, Nephi's twofold mention of Shazer and the hunting of food that took place in the wilderness near that place raises the question, what, if anything, might the name Shazer have to do with the food they hunted? In fact, food is mentioned 13 times in connection with the key events detailed in 1 Nephi 16, and it becomes a key word in the pericope. Nephi's long sequence of food mentions in 1 Nephi 16 begins with the naming of Shazer and the hunting done near that location. The Meaning of Shazer A footnote to the first mention of the name Shazer in 1 Nephi 16.13 in the 1981 and 2013 editions reads, quote, Hebrew, twisting, intertwining. In this footnote follows Sidney B. Sperry's suggestion that the name derives from the Hebrew root Shin Zion Resh. Paul Hoskinson cites the foregoing in the Book of Mormon Onomasticon as, quote, the most likely suggestion, close quote, but rightly cautions that this root, quote, only appears in the Hophal participle form in the Hebrew Bible, close quote. In other words, Sperry was arguing for an active form of the root Shin Zion Resh that is thus far unattested in biblical Hebrew. Nevertheless, Sperry's suggestion is not without merit. Another widely cited explanation for Shazer is Hugh Nibley's suggestion that it derives from Arabic Shajer. Quote, the combination Shajer is quite common in Palestinian place names. It is a collective meaning trees, and many Arabs, especially in Egypt, pronounce it as Shajer. It appears as Thogret as Sajur, the pass of trees, which is the ancient Shagur, written Segor in the 6th century. It may be confused with Shagur, seepage, which is held to be identical with Shihor, the Black River in Joshua 19.36. This last takes in Western Palestine the form of Sozura, suggesting the name of a famous waterhole in South Arabia called Shisur. So we have Shihor, Shagur, Shajur, Shagir, Segur, even Zoar, Shajar, Shazura, Shisur, and Shisar, all connected somehow or other and denoting either seepage a weak but reliable water supply, or a clump of trees. Although Nibley's numerous suggestions are all appropriate for a desert and Near Eastern Arabic context in general, none closely approximates Shazer, as a Judahite in the 6th century BCE would have pronounced it, Shazer, Shatzer, or Shadzer. Moreover, Lehi and his family were traveling south-southeast through the northern part of the Arabian Peninsula rather than through modern Palestine or Egypt. They were not traveling at this particular stage of their journey through South Arabia. Because they are removed from the Lehites' journey in time and space, Nibley's suggestions are less compelling. While the Lehites' creation of a toponym based on the presence of trees or a water supply would certainly make sense, other possibilities are equally plausible. For instance, it is possible that the Lehites created a toponym based on the supply of food at the site. In another instance of Lehite toponymy on the Arabian Peninsula, Nephi reports that the Lehites named Bountiful on the basis of the abundance of food that they found there. Quote, and we did sojourn for the space of many years, yea, even eight years in the wilderness. And we did come to the land which we called Bountiful because of its much fruit and also wild honey. And all these things were prepared of the Lord that we might not perish. 
and we beheld the sea, which we called Iriantum, which being interpreted is many waters. And it came to pass that we did pitch our tents by the seashore, and notwithstanding we had suffered many afflictions, and much difficulty, yea, even so much that we cannot write them all, we was exceedingly rejoiced when we came to the seashore, and we called the place Bountiful because of its much fruit. First Nephi 17, 4-6 Here the Lehites name a particular land Bountiful because of its abundance of fruit and honey. Nephi subtly connects this abundance of food with the abundance of difficulties they faced on their journey to arrive there, as well as their overwhelming joy upon arrival. The placement of the name Bountiful in this passage suggests that it may be an emphatic bracketing device, albeit bracketing a less chiastic text, describing a Lehite food-gathering expedition similar to the dual use of the name Shazer in 1 Nephi 16, 13-14 quoted above. There is a firm basis in the text structure in 1 Nephi 16, 13-14, and in the foregoing bountiful analog, 1 Nephi 17, 5-6, CF 18, 6, for such a suggestion. There is also a strong, if not compelling, philological basis to suggest connecting Shazer with food. Surprisingly, amid all the discussion of Shazer as a derivation from a Hebrew shin zayin resh root, Few, if any, have given consideration of the Z as a transliteration of the phoneme Tzadi, which is also frequently transliterated into English and other Western languages as a Z. Here, Hismaic, or Hitzmaic, a dialect of pre-Islamic Old Arabic spoken in the very area of the Arabian Peninsula through which Lehi and his family traveled, offers a more promising possibility. Geraldine Margaret Harmsworth King points out that Hismaic inscriptions abundantly attest the term Shin Tsare Resh, Shatsar, or plural Shatsar, Ashatsar, which she glosses as Young Gazelle. King lists the plural form of Shatsar as Shatsar or Ashatsar, Young Gazelles. Hans Ver glosses the Arabic cognate Shatsara as a kind of gazelle. If not a part of their own Hebrew lexical resources, the Lehites may have borrowed a form of Shatzar from neighboring northern Old Arabic-speaking nomads, either before or during the early part of their journey into Arabia. Notably, Shatzar is further attested as a personal name in Safaitic inscriptions held in the Al-Mafraq Museum, Al-Mafraq, Jordan. Inscriptions 47-48 through 48. Number 47 Al-Shatzar bin Qatl bin Sahli bin Mur bin Aft. By Shatzar, son of Qatl, son of Sahli, son of Mur, son of Aft. Number 48. Al-Muti bin Shatzar. By Muti, son of Shatzar. At a minimum, it is clear that Shazer, as Shatzar, shows up as a proper noun in the near vicinity of northern Arabia. Perhaps it is also worth mentioning that other possible cognates of this lexeme show up in other Semitic contexts. Additionally, note that the modern English noun gazelle ultimately derives from Arabic ghazal. This term and its cognates have a venerable history within the family of Semitic languages. Cognate with this Arabic noun is the Akkadian noun huzalu, uzalu, a gazelle kid, which is also attested as a personal name. The vacillation between H and U in the Akkadian, Old Babylonian, lexeme suggests that Western Semitic, Amorite, personal names, 
Hazalah and Azalum were pronounced Ghazal, Gazelle, and Huzalum and Uzalum were pronounced Huzalum, Little Gazelle. Similarly, Ugaritic attests the personal name Ghazali, a name similar or identical to the former in form and meaning to the Amorite manifestation of this name. Thus, both Shatsar and Ghazali, Huzalum, constitute attested personal names with the probable meaning gazelle. If Shazer, Shatsar, and Shatsara as young gazelle can be connected with the Hismaic verb Shatsara to, quote, sew a garment with stitches widely spaced, perhaps these terms connect back on some level to Sperry's initial suggestion, to spin, to twist, from the verb shin zain resh, to twist, to intertwine threads, cf. Arabic Shazara, to spin threads together, twist. Indeed, Sperry's derivation of Shazer from Hebrew Shin Zayn Resh may have an archaic etymological relationship to Old Syrian Ghazal, to spin, and Ghazal, small gazelle. Cf. Proto-Semitic Ghazal, gazelle. Arabic Ghazal, gazelle, and Ghazala, female gazelle or doe. Both derive from the Arabic verb Ghazala to spin, cf. Ugaritic Ghazal, spinner, and Syriac Azal to spin, weave. The analogical relationship here between the Hismaic Shatsar, Shatsara, young gazelle, and Shatsar, Shatsara, verb, sew, spin, on the one hand, and between the Arabic Ghazal, Ghazal, noun, small gazelle, and Ghazala, verb, spin, on the other, should be clear. This relationship further raises the issue of whether gazelles, chazal, and shatzar were so named because of their ability to traverse or thread difficult wilderness terrain, such as is often found in the ancient Near East, like a spinner or one who sews and weaves. Whatever the case, there appears to be a strong philological case for identifying Shazer with a close cognate of Shatsar and Shatsara, as well as a loanword form of a local northern Old Arabic dialect. And such a name connected with the gazelle is appropriate for both the time and place described in Nephi's narrative. Gazelles as a Lehite food staple in Arabia Muhammad Marak Ten states that, quote, the gazelle was the favored and most attested hunted animal in Central and North Arabia, close quote. It is highly likely that gazelle meat constituted a main dietary staple for Lehi and his family while in the Arabian wilderness. Deuteronomy 14.5 lists one term for gazelle, tsebi, KJV roebuck, a genus to which the shatsar, or shatsar, young gazelle, would belong, or share a close relationship, as among the clean animals permitted for food. This quote-unquote kosher consideration, to use an anachronistic term, makes the case even more likely. Not every animal would have been fit for consumption under the dietary statutes of Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14, but indigenous Arabian gazelles would not have presented that problem, since all species of gazelle have cloven hooves and chew the cud, as indeed all ruminants do. See again the tsebi, roebuck, gazelle, as one of ten cud-chewing, cloven-hoofed, clean animals listed in Deuteronomy 14, 4-6. Types of gazelles near Shazer 
Davida Eisenberg Dagen and Stephen A. Rosen observed that, quote, the osteological evidence points toward gazelle being the most hunted animal from the Chalcolithic slash early Bronze Age, close quote, and onward in the Negev, or southern Judean wilderness, through which the Lehites passed on the initial stage of their journey into Arabia. The practice of hunting gazelles, among other animals like the ibex and the oryx, would have continued as the journey into Arabia progressed. Marak Ten further remarks that the hunting of gazelles in the Arabian Peninsula, quote, was practiced and remained a dominant economic activity, perhaps from Neolithic to the Bronze Age, and continued to be practiced until recent times, close quote. Once Lehi's party had entered the Arabian Peninsula, the most common types of gazelle they inevitably encountered, either, quote, by the way, or during more protracted hunting expeditions, would have been the gazella marica, the Arabian sand gazelle, the gazella arabica, the Arabian gazelle, including the mountain gazelle and gazella alangari subspecies, and now extinct native forms of the gazella dorcas, dorcas gazelle, including the gazella dorcas saudia or gazella saudia. The noun shatsar as a young gazelle would plausibly describe any of these, unless it had a more specific reference. Of these, populations of Gazella marica, based on current population patterns, would have been closest to Shazer in northwest Arabia, and thus perhaps the most plentiful as a food source for the Lehites. Conclusion Nibley is certainly correct that, quote, the name Shazer is intriguing, close quote. I have briefly attempted to make the case here that Shazer constitutes a Semitic term possibly borrowed from Old Arabian and closely related to Hismaic, Shatsar, young gazelle, and Arabic Shatsara, a kind of gazelle. Such a derivation fits an Arabian wilderness context at least as well as Nibli's Shajer suggestion, and better fits the immediate circumstances of the family as described by Nephi in his small plates records, though Nibli's suggestion cannot be entirely ruled out. In any case, there is strong philological evidence to connect the Lehite toponym Shazer with the gazelles of the Arabian Peninsula, the gazelles that would have surely constituted an important staple of the family's diet as they traveled south-southeast down that peninsula, and after they turned east at Nahum. See especially 1 Nephi 17, 1-2. Author's Note I would like to thank the Leon Cultural Foundation for their generosity and kindness in allowing the use of their superb photography. I would also like to thank Susie Bowen, Alan Wyatt, Daniel C. Peterson, and Victor Wirth. Matthew L. Bowen was raised in Orem, Utah, and graduated from Brigham Young University. He holds a Ph.D. in Biblical Studies from the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C., and is currently an assistant professor in religious education at Brigham Young University, Hawaii. He is also the author of Name as Key Word, Collected Essays on Onomastic Wordplay in the Temple in Mormon Scripture. Salt Lake City, Interpreter Foundation, and Eborn Books, 2018. He and his wife, the former Suzanne Blattberg, are the parents of three children, Zachariah, Nathan, and Adele. This has been a recording of Shazer, an etymological proposal in narrative context, by Matthew L. Bowen, published in Interpreter, a Journal of Latter-day Saint Faith and Scholarship, Volume 33, 2019, read by Victor Worth.
This audio recording is copyrighted under a Creative Commons license and may be freely distributed if it remains unchanged. The journal and its website are credited and is for non-commercial use. A printed version of this and many other articles on Latter-day Saint scripture can be found at journal.interpreterfoundation.org. More information about the Interpreter Foundation, along with a wide array of additional resources, can be found at interpreterfoundation.org.